You're listening to the Together in Literacy podcast, a podcast for educators, families, and advocates that connects the research of reading, dyslexia awareness, and the whole child. We're your hosts, Casey Harrison and Emily Gibbons. As two literacy dyslexia specialists, we've come together to talk about literacy, dyslexia, and the connection to the social emotional impact that it has on our students, their families, and the educators who serve them. We welcome you to join us on this exciting and educational journey into dyslexia as we come together in literacy. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit us at www.togetherinliteracy.com. Thank you for joining us today. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I can't believe that I'm saying this. Hi, Casey. Hi. This is our episode number 18. Mm-hmm. And we've decided that this is a wrap on our season one of Together in Literacy podcast. We started this journey with all of you back in October. So it's now, if you're listening to us, at May. 2022. And so we're going to get into what we'll be talking about in a few minutes, but let's share some feedback first from Katie. Katie had written to us and said, I have been following you both on social media for a couple of years. I found you when I began my journey to become a Celt. Please know that your knowledge has been a guiding light. Even though I am both older than you, I sincerely look up to you and want to be you when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was really, really sweet of Katie to write. Thank you so much. And please, if you would like to share feedback, we always enjoy hearing from you and we would love to be able to share it on future episodes. So here we are. We are going to be wrapping up and we just want to share how appreciative we are of all the support that we've had as we've begun this podcast journey with you. We aren't going anywhere, right, Casey? We're not going anywhere. No, we have just chosen to take a little time off this summer from recording episodes and Mm -hmm. we'll be coming back uh, for season two. Yikes season two in September of 2022, because Casey and I, as you may or may not know, are both, we have our businesses, our private practices, but we're also busy moms and our kids are going to be getting out of school very soon. Casey's kids will be out sooner than mine. (laughs) And we really look forward to spending more time with them in the summer. No matter how crazy or chaotic that may look, we do love being with our kids and taking some much needed uh, vacation time. Right, Casey? Absolutely. Yes. And so I, and I, I love that about summer. It's always the pace just kind of slows down a little bit. So we're, we're ready. We're ready around here. (laughs) Absolutely. So as we kicked off this podcast, we had a mission right from the get-go. We really wanted to make sure we were creating a pathway to learning 
for educators and families Mm -hmm. that each time you tuned into an episode, you would be able to take away some new information to feel inspired, to feel empowered, to really seek to learn more, to maybe have conversations in your schools or with, you know, with work colleagues, maybe even school admin to push and advocate for change. We wanted to make sure that we really shared our expertise with you based on our personal training and backgrounds and to keep this conversation engaging when we're talking about the linkage between SEL, social emotional learning Mm -hmm. and dyslexia and just how crucial it is to embed that in everything we talk about. And if you had listened, been listening, you'll note how we've really woven in also a big discussion of metacognition in that. And we want to bridge knowledge to learning. We're always creating bridges, right? Taking that research or those theories of reading, science of reading and dyslexia and really trying our hardest to make them accessible through our conversation, through sharing, you know, vignettes or tips and strategies that work for us, actionable steps that you can try out. Yeah. Just making it just as accessible as we possibly can for you. And we've tried to achieve connecting the science of reading to social emotional connections for our students. And I will say that Dr. Samuel Orton, I believe, was doing that even back when he first began this journey. He He had the social emotional connection in mind, even back in the early 1900s. And then we'd like to continue growing our community because we are all lifelong learners here and we want to continue to be powerful advocates for dyslexia awareness. We want to empower you to be an advocate for dyslexia awareness. Okay, so we're going to go into some takeaways from the season. Then after that, we're going to talk about some summer reading suggestions, Thought that would be helpful for teachers and parents. And things to look forward to in season two and some other exciting information of things we have coming up this summer. All right, we're ready. Absolutely. And as Emily said, you know, we're both so grateful for you tuning in. It's been a really lovely journey to have this podcast and to connect with people from around the world. So we wanted to wrap up season one by just kind of going over, as Emily said, some of the episodes and the topics that we've covered. And so, you know, episode one, were kind of introductions. So if you are new to Emily and myself, you can check that one out, but we really wanted this to be about bringing awareness to dyslexia and that social emotional connection. So in episode two, we really dive into why do we need to have conversation when we understand the prevalence of dyslexia and the impacts that it has on literacy. It really is kind of a no brainer as to everyone needing to know more about dyslexia. So that is really the focus of our work here. And then when we dove into for in episode three was, was really lovely because we, we were dove into connecting metacognition to your literacy lessons. And as Emily said, that is something that we embed into all of our work with our students in sessions and the role of the learner in their bringing that awareness to their own learning. It's really important for our students. Um, and so in that episode, we really, we dove into how we talk to our students about the reading brain and the importance of building 
building those metacognitive skills so that our students can build self-advocacy skills. Check that one out if you're interested in, in learning more about the brain. All right. Oh, I loved, oh, and then, I mean, we just kept bringing back episode three mm-hmm. and <laughs> we're discussing. So yes, we went into books that connect social, emotional learning and dyslexia. And then episode five and six was mm-hmm. a really deep dive into how Dr. Samuel Orton and Anna Gillingham's work supported social emotional learning. And we looked and broke down each little um, component of uh, what was called the Ortonian prescription. And it just validated for us all the work that they did is still so, so useful and needed and valuable even today in 2022. That was very, very exciting. uh, I I like those episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just, I think for us as Orton Gillingham teachers, it grounded our work. It Mm -hmm. affirmed it for us. It validated it. And if you ever question or wonder about multisensory learning or otherwise known maybe as multimodal learning, then certainly go back and listen to those episodes. And then we had a lovely episode after that, and it kicked off our very first guest speaker. And that was a former student of Casey's, Mm -hmm. Hope. And I love this one because I felt like we really were able to connect our older dyslexic learners and uh, discuss through her own stories how to feel empowered, I think, Mm -hmm. and, and really nurturing talent and passion and, and pursuing that through the support of her, her family. I think her parents were incredibly supportive in her journey. Absolutely. And then Emily and I, we dove in, in episode eight, we talked, yeah, we talked all about (laughs) how decodable text supports the social emotional learning. And I think, you know, there's a lot of conversations that are are still circling about decodable text and when to use them. And, you know, we really talked about how decodable text is stepping stones to authentic text. And, and when we understand its role and how we use that, we're empowering our students, we're building their self-esteem. So that's a, a really great one. If you have questions about decodable text, I think episode eight is one to, to check out. Absolutely. And I love how you said, we talked about how to really look carefully at the placement of decodable text and the mm-hmm. purpose that they have in our classrooms, not just in reading intervention. So yes, definitely listen to that one. Then our next guest speaker came, Dr. Erica Warren, and mm-hmm. she did an amazing episode with us all on working memory its impact of learning and the importance of visualization. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was an incredibly helpful episode because people have so many questions about working memory. And she just made this, I think, not only was it a very interesting and informative conversation, just made it so simple. She broke it down gave a lot of good tips, talked about the importance of game playing, looking at the role of executive function, but all, but also just how critical that, that visualization piece was. Yeah. So we so appreciate her joining us for that episode. Yeah, that was, that was a great one. Loved Um, it. 
And it really made me as a therapist kind of step back and reflect on how I'm adding in visualization into my session. So that was a really lovely episode for me. In episode 10, we talked about the gradual release of responsibility model. So this episode was full of tips and reflection of implementation of the gradual release of responsibility model with the focus on helping struggling readers. And so to me, this is really where the art of teaching happens how to embed those metacognitive skills and how to differentiate instruction to move learning forward is really what makes teaching an art form. And so, you know, we really dove into what that gradual release of responsibility looks like in dyslexia interventions. Yes. And I loved that we were able to take the time to talk about how direct instruction, Mm -hmm. direct and explicit instruction really was child centered instruction because we were really keeping the needs of the child in mind through every step. Casey, I love that episode because we break down each step of the gradual release and talked about, (laughs) talked specifically what that looked like in each stage. So if you were, if you have any questions at all, how this is going to look within your lesson, definitely listen to that one. So good. Yeah. Okay. And oh boy, this is a great one. The next (laughs) one we did was the importance and benefits of playing games with your students. That was episode 11. Super fun because we're always trying to find ways to keep our kids feeling like there's some interaction, keeping them engaged, keeping things positive right? Motivational, but at the same time, offering meaningful repetition and how that really has such an important impact on our students, particularly the ones with dyslexia and Mm -hmm. how it can really be to their benefit when we gamify or create learning activities embedded into the lesson plan, not just saving them for a rainy day, but seeing how just simple, simple Gamified activities can really give you just a lot more bang for your buck, I think, because of so much more repetition yeah, in there. It is. And, and I liked, you know, we really focused on using games to push learning forward. So it, it was very, you know, being very mindful in what it is that we're choosing as activities or games within our session. So that was a great one. I, I liked that conversation a lot. Yeah. And then in episode 12, we talked about the Peter effect. And so when we're talking about the Peter effect, right, we know that as educators, what we, the knowledge that we bring and the knowledge that we hold really impacts how well we can teach. And so the Peter effect is really talking about, right. We can't teach what we don't understand ourselves. And so Emily and I were able to really dive into the Peter effect, what that means for dyslexia instruction, what it means for classroom instruction, and just really emphasizing that as educators, right, we need to be smarter than the programs that are handed to us. But with that really does come then the necessity for commitment and time to dive into the reading research. And we had conversations about how at the higher level of education, you know, where you're going in at at colleges and universities that perhaps you aren't receiving that instruction there. And so we, we talked about some of the ways that we can start to, to bring those kind of conversations and that kind of learning into our own work as professionals. Yeah. And I think this whole podcast has tried to support conquering Mm -hmm. the Peter effect. (laughs) Yeah. Right. We, it's just every time we publish an episode for you, we are giving you just a little bit more, 
little bit more, right? Um, Absolutely. So uh, the net uh, episode 13 was a good follow-up to episode 12, the Peter effect, mm-hmm. because episode 13 was the Matthew effect, which is the whole theory behind the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. So the more we do not give our students what they need or appropriate intervention, the Mm -hmm. further they may fall behind and subsequently have some really negative effects on their social emotional learning. And we went deeply into ways to combat the Matthew effects Mm -hmm. and things we can specifically address with our students in the classroom, but also some tips for families at home, because we, we all know when children do not receive what they need, when they need it, things just unfortunately become a bit of a cumulative effect and in a negative way, not in a positive one. So definitely listen to that. All right. We're nearly to the end. In an episode um, 14, (laughs) we had our speech language pathologist guest speaker, Sydney Bassard, who came on and she shared all about how, you know, speech and language impact literacy and, and those connections to our students with dyslexia. So that was really lovely. I always say that, you know, our speech pathologists, man, they, they can offer so much information and insight and support for us to really create that bridge because we know that oral language and speech development is the beginning parts of reading. And so Sydney offers some really great suggestions and tips as she's on that episode. So absolutely. I love Sydney really helped us. I think look even more deeply at the whole child that there are just so many different factors to take into account. And I love her story sharing about her own brother and his journey. So make sure you listen to that. Mm-hmm. Episode 15 was all about some of the more common and appropriate accommodations for uh, children or, or people with dyslexia. So we went into the ones that we felt like really were, and were a lot of them out there, but the ones that we feel like are the most common that should be in place and why we want accommodations for children to help them thrive, to help them progress, to help them meet their goals, to level the playing field. So many benefits that we want to keep these in mind and that accommodations, as we had stressed in this evolve over time. So the things that you may be accommodating, maybe for a first grader, will look differently for sure for a college student. I was just going to add in that, yeah, when we talked about accommodations, we really talked about them as tools that students can use to access curriculum and how that looks throughout the progression of the grades. And, and that really kind of led us into episode 16, where we had our special education lawyer, Sabrina Axe, come on and talk more about the IEP process and the testing process and accommodations. So that was a really powerful episode that I think offered a lot of insight for parents, but also for teachers, as we are really trying to um, provide the best services for students. Absolutely. And episode 17, so the episode right before this one, is we were giving some tips as we were heading into the summer. So, you know, people always have a lot of questions about things they can do with their children over the summer or with their students to 
prevent that aggression or summer slide as sometimes people refer to it. But some things also to consider, not just about summer slide, but also in terms of maybe end of the year behavior. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we had mentioned how some kids sort of get into a little bit of a funk, right? Just getting into these little like end of the year blues. And it might uh, mirror what you might've seen back in September when the school year started. So we came at that episode really from two parts, looking at the behaviors that you might be noticing and some strategies for it, but also how to finish the year strong and enter into the summer, really feeling, uh, having children feeling good about themselves. So lots to unpack in that episode. Mm-hmm. That was that was great. And now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are in episode 18. So this is this is the final episode of season one. We're not going anywhere. Don't forget, we are we are coming back. We're just taking a little bit of a summer break. So we're going to talk a little bit more now. We went through all the episodes about some summer reading suggestions for teachers. Mm-hmm. And before we start rattling off a whole bunch of books we think you should read. We want you to think carefully here, a little bit of reflection because summer is precious, right? We want you to have some pleasure reading, but we also know that teachers love uh, reading, uh, professional reading as well. So think about your goals. Maybe there's something this year that you're like, oh, I wish I had had time to read more about vocabulary development or writing, or just learning more about dyslexia. Mm -hmm. You may not be able to get to all the books that we're suggesting, but if there was one you felt like, oh, I really, really, this is just one topic I want to sink my teeth into, what would that be? Maybe take a minute to pause this episode and write down a few of your goals and then come back. And, um, but you can even think about perhaps um, maybe science of reading, learning about more about dyslexia and helping children in your classroom. Um, you may want to consider even joining a book group, either in person or virtually. Mm-hmm. But Casey, let's talk about some of the books that we thought might be helpful yeah. for our but, listeners. Yeah. And I, I love Emily's suggestion of, you know, kind of being reflective about what it is that you're wanting to, to learn, or perhaps, you know, if you're, if you, after you listen to the Peter effect episode, kind of identifying maybe those areas where you may have some gaps in your, in your learning and then understanding that, you know, I know that there's all these conversations about the science of reading, and it's important for us to remember that what that actually means is the collective body of research. So you are not going to be able to read the reading in the summer. I mean, Emily and I've been at this for a long time and we're still learning and still reading new things that are coming out. So I think taking it, it's, it's so much to learn. So taking it piece by piece and and finding those things that are going to benefit you to be able to put into play in the fall when you meet back with your students. So if you're looking kind of for like a general overall research into science of reading, I think that the book by Marsha Henry unlocking literacy is a really great place to start. It's going to cover all of the pieces, all the components that you need. Um, it's going to give you tips and ideas and, and things to implement with students. So I think that's a, a really great place to start if you're looking for instructional knowledge and tips and, and implementation strategies. 
in case you really feel, and I really believe that unlocking literacy is a good starting point. If you want to just really ground yourself in what structured literacy looks like, mm-hmm. sort of like your backbone, right? Before I get into the next one, I just want to say summer obviously is this time to be learning and reading. I think that we want to just have a a bit of word of caution that there's also a lot of conversation out there in social media and in groups. And that can be helpful, but can also feel overwhelming. And as a word of caution, it can take away from the time that you need to actually spend reading these books by authors who have spent literally years researching these topics. Mm -hmm. So your trade-off is this, spending time scrolling through comments or actually diving in and reading these books and genuinely maybe having discussion and conversation, perhaps with a work colleague, maybe it's just one other person or in a book group. So I just want to put that out there before I give my next book suggestion, because mm-hmm. social media just kind of sort of pull you into this little bit of a rabbit hole. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that have a lot to talk about. <laughs> and it, social media can be distracting mm-hmm. and, and maybe pull you away from working on that goal of learning Right. So please uh, keep that in mind. That's just my personal word of caution here. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So the other one I want to add that I really love is, I mean, it's gathered from a collection of of authors. It's Structured Literacy Interventions, and it's been edited by Louise Spears Warling. Mm -hmm. And this is Teaching Students with Reading Difficulties, Grades K through 8. So think of it like this. You read Unlocking Literacy by Marsha Henry, and she's going to give you a great background on uh, structured literacy. But then I'm going to dive deeper into, okay, but what does intervention look like? And this book, Structured Literacy Interventions, is going to really map out how that's going to look for you in your classrooms or in your small group instruction and so forth. So those were two that we were thinking of. There are so many more. Yeah, there are. And, and, you know, if you want more lists, I know Emily has lists on her blog. I have lists on my blog and we'll link those in the show notes so you can access those as well. But I think as Emily said, finding some time to dive deep into, into that knowledge without becoming overwhelmed, I think is really important. So right. We also wanted to provide some summer reading suggestions for parents. These are also for teachers. So these kind of go both, but If you are kind of diving into dyslexia or you really want to know um, the book Overcoming Dyslexia by Sally Shaywitz is a deep dive. It is going to be um, a heavy read. It has lots of knowledge. It is usually my number one recommendation that I give to all educators and parents, but it is, it's a deeper dive into dyslexia. And then Conquering Dyslexia by Jan Hasbrook is is a much smaller book, but it, again, it's going to provide you with a lot of information. So I would say those two books are where I would begin if you're wanting to kind of dive into learning more about dyslexia. Those two are excellent. Mm -hmm. Really. 
We've got one more. Casey, do you want to talk about Reader Come Home? I read it a few years ago, but tell me, because I know this has sort of come up in your conversations with me recently. Yeah. So um, Reader Come Home by Marion Wolf is one, I think, for us as educators to be aware of and to read because, you know, through the pandemic, we all had to learn how to teach online. And, mm-hmm. and there are some really lovely benefits to that. But I think for us, we also need to be mindful of how that constant reading on our screens is actually impacting our reading brain. And so she really dives into the research of this. And so it, it, it may be a good read if you are at a school that is really heavy on its use of students using Chromebooks or, you know, their computers for absolutely everything. It may just provide you with some insight and some information to be reflective on our are we balancing that out between paper and pencils and the computers? So I think it's a good book that we should all read. <laughs> I think it's eye-opening for sure. Yeah. I read that book, I think, yeah, about three summers ago. It, mm-hmm. it was, I think it opened my eyes to the fact that when I'm reading online, I do have a different way of approaching text. Mm-hmm. unfortunately, and not always in a good way, I tend to be more of a skim reader. And I don't like that about myself <laughs> when I read online. So, and I don't want to develop that skim reading habit across the board. So right. yes, that book really was eye-opening for me. The other one, The Knowledge Gap, I know has been, has gotten a lot of discussion here in our education circles, but just so critical as we look to see how the importance of having background knowledge and how we build that in our classrooms deeply. And that is, I I highly recommend that one. That was great. Read that a couple of years ago as well. I think that the knowledge gap is a really great one. If you as a campus are maybe going to have a book study because it can really open up some conversations if you departmentalize or things like that to really have these conversations about how are we creating background knowledge that's that's going across learning, not just within these small isolated pockets. Like how are we helping kids transfer that? So that may be a good one. Yeah. And if you're looking more at making some curriculum changes, Mm -hmm. I think that is a great book for a school district to read and carefully look at before you decide to make any decisions on purchasing new curriculums. So um, great one. And then the writing revolution is excellent for reading more about breaking down the writing process in a structured and thoughtful way for children who are not just struggling with writing, but that will benefit all children. And I have to stress that this book really begins at the basic sentence level, but the importance of why we need to build up from the sentence level before we can even get into any kind of paragraph or report writing. So I love the structure of the writing revolution model. If you haven't had a chance to read that. Yeah. And I feel like that is one that parents can read and implement with their children at home. So I think that's also a really great book for parents and teachers to read. Yes. Um, And then if you are a parent, you can join a local decoding dyslexia group. You can find them online, but decoding dyslexia is a grassroots movement that was designed by parents where to provide support and, you know, a community 
for parents of students with dyslexia. So finding your local decoding dyslexia group, I think is really powerful. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes they may be hosting guest speakers Mm -hmm. or have certain events throughout the year, or if you want to get involved with any kind of fundraising events, um, definitely reach out to them. And like, for instance, Decoding Dyslexia in Massachusetts is a very, very active group. They're always looking for volunteers to help. And one of the biggest grassroots efforts that has come out of the Massachusetts chapter is to really work for dyslexia legislation. That has been huge in Massachusetts and it really would not have happened without that group for sure. And they do a lot of things online. So if you are not in an area that has a local group or if you're overseas, you can still access some of their things through the social media platforms. Absolutely. Yes. They all have Facebook pages Mm -hmm. and so forth. Pretty active ones too. All right. So we've given you some suggestions of books, some other tips. What can we look forward to in season two? Well, you know, we're still sort of in the planning phases of season two. We do have a couple of guest speakers in mind that we know will will be starting off with us in the fall in September. Mm -hmm. One of the topics that came up and this person had reached out to me is talking about a little bit more about accommodations, but to offer advice for some hot button topics like homework. (laughs) Homework seemed to be one of these big discussions that infiltrates our homes, can Mm -hmm. become a big stressor, and Mm -hmm. we want to thoughtfully address that one. So that's one of the topics we were thinking about, and we're going to have a guest speaker that is a fellow dyslexia specialist be able to talk all about that. So I'm looking forward to that speaker. Yeah. Uh, What else do we have here? We also want to talk about, there's a whole conversation going on right now about speech to print and about how that actually relates to Orrin Gillingham based instruction. Yes. So we'll be uh, talking a little bit about that. I had sent a, a survey out just to some of my email subscribers a few months back. And one of the things that people really wanted to learn more about is how to work with older students Mm -hmm. and tips for them and addressing not just the academic side, but the social emotional side as well. So we can talk about that interventions also for them, but for our younger students too. So we'll talk Mm -hmm. a little more about intervention, our teaching tips. Mm -hmm. And then we have, well, we just going to continue our discussion of dyslexia awareness, but also as it pertains to social emotional learning. So finding guest speakers that can really address that is so, so important to us. So if you're listening to any of these things that may be coming up in season two, and you have any other suggestions, certainly let us know. You can email us at support at togetherinliteracy.com. We always love hearing suggestions for future topics. We do keep track of them, not just on a little sticky note somewhere. We, we have a record keeping system of, of topics. So look at how organized we are, Casey. <laughs> so proud. <laughs> All right. So before we get into a few things that we also have coming up this summer, uh, let's talk about how you can keep in touch with Casey and myself. So Casey, why don't you go first? How can we keep in touch with you? 
Sure. So yes, as Emily said, we, we really would love to stay in touch with all of you guys. So I have a blog and my website, it is uh, www.thedyslexiaclassroom.com. And on there, I have a free uh, library with some resources for people who subscribe to my emails. And then you can find me on social media on um, Instagram, Facebook. I am on TikTok, although I haven't quite embraced that yet. And then on Twitter. So all right. And my website is theliteracynest.com. And I'm also on all the, all the socials, Facebook, Instagram. I do have a TikTok, but yeah, I have not done a whole lot with it. Truth be told, I am on Twitter. However, I am, I'm not a big Twitter person. You see me mostly, I would say on Facebook and Instagram. My email list is there. Uh, the Literacy Nest has lots of resources on there, including the free resource library as well. This summer, you can sign up for Free Passage Fridays. I'll have the link for that if you want to get a little goodie in your email inbox every Friday. That'll be going on. And uh, we have a few more events that are coming up. So um, before we talk about that, just don't forget that all of our blog notes for this podcast for Together in Literacy um, are on our website that we share, mm -hmm. which is togetherinliteracy.com. So make sure you go there because we always post the links that we talk about mm -hmm. um, in episodes and we have some uh, really useful blog posts there as well. So make sure that you stop by there. All right. So Casey, do you want to talk about your event first and then I'll discuss mine? Well, sure. So, you know, we know summer is always a fun time to learn and I have an upcoming course called the color coding method of teaching sight words, and it's really designed to help you feel more confident connecting sounds, spelling, and etymology. And so in this mini course, um, it really details my color coding method to teaching sight words to help your students move from phonemic awareness to spelling and reading. Um, and I've been really looking forward to getting this program into your hands and um, because it's going to change how you approach teaching high frequency words or sight words with your students. And so I would love for you to join me. You can find my course information on my website, thedyslexiaclassroom.com. Oh, that looks amazing. So make sure you check that out, everybody. Okay. And then uh, this summer will be the fourth annual Building Readers for Life virtual conference hosted by the Literacy Nest. We are super excited. We'll have 15 presenters this summer. Casey is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Erica Warren, one of our guests, is another one of the presenters. This is an exciting conference that you have unlimited access to for three months. Uh, the biggest piece of information that is sort of exciting is that you can earn continuing education units for attending the conference. So there is an option to receive either a certificate of completion, or you can take the route of getting CEUs or continuing education units for this. And I promise every single one of these presentations is going to be phenomenal. We'll be addressing, of course, all aspects of structured literacy and also some uh, dyslexia topics as well. Mm -hmm. You do not want to miss it. I have been so, so grateful to have the presenters uh, that have come, that have returned throughout the years like Casey, but we also have a lot of new ones too. So really, really interesting. I hope you'll sign up and that 
link will be in the show notes and the blog post that goes with episode 18 as well. So uh, make sure you sign up and we are going to end this episode, but please, please keep in touch with us either through our social media, our email, our websites. Uh, Make sure you check into Casey's course as well as building readers for life. And we hope to see you back for season two of together and literacy podcast yay (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see you soon everybody have a great summer thank you so much for tuning in to the together in literacy podcast today if you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a positive review and subscribe to the podcast. Each comment means a great deal to us. And if you have any questions for us that you would like answered on the Together in Literacy podcast, please contact us at support at togetherinliteracy.com. Be sure to visit the website www.togetherinliteracy.com for show notes, downloads, and goodies. Thank you for helping us spread the word about the Together in Literacy podcast. We'll see you next time.